Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hey, so I've been discussing gear and hunting tips with others on Go Wild. It's a free social media community for hunters. If you haven't heard, Go Wild is also, honestly, it's a pretty fun place to just chat with other hunters. You can find tips. You can even find and buy gear right from the app. You can join me, Greg, and hundreds of thousands of other hunters on Go Wild. Just download the app. You can find the link in our show notes, and you can look up Eric Clark. That's E-R-I-C, not with a K, because I'm not one of those Eric's. Uh, Clark, C-L-A-R-K, not with an E, because I'm not one of those Clarks. And you can find Greg on there, too. It's Greg, T-U-B-B-S. That's right. You've finally learned how to spell my name. Hey, <laughs> and I just can want create you to your s- account from there. That's it. And don't forget about Fisherman. That's right. You can sell all sorts of gear stuff, right? You can uh, build your own gearbox and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. So check them out, guys. Hunting, fishing, check it all out. Even camping. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me with the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Hey everybody, welcome to the OKS Hunter Podcast, coming at you from the OKS Hunter Podcast studio, presented by Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge, Forge, Forge. Dude, their new app, so it's like a web app now, but their new app drops on September 15th officially. They just made the announcement today, so you better go scoop up that discount of 25% and use code OHP, which stands for OKS Hunter Podcast. Boom. Nailed that one. Cheers to Drop Time Spirits. Deer Camp in a Bottle. Or uh, the official drink of Deer Camp. Or Beer Camp. Beer is the official camp- beverage of Beer Camp. <laughs> that stuff is definitely the official beverage of this podcast. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Backwoods Grind. You can use code W2H Podcast for 10% off. I. Try to get a hold of those guys and no luck just yet. Because uh, I tried, I should just text them, but whatever. Yeah. Anyways, back at grind.com. We've got some coffee up there on display, which you can't see off camera. There we go. I thought it was my computer. <laughs> we had an echo. It's echo, echo. That was you. That's no. Right. Fucking it's good. Rookie, rookie. Mis- rookie mistake. Uh, I feel like there's some other stuff. I mean, look at this place. Look what happened in one week. Last time we were sitting here, we had just hung drywall. Yeah. And now we have. This carpet and wood mm-hmm. and paint and yeah. it was mudded <laughs> still nice some more work to do you can put a cot up here when you get yelled at yeah i could sleep down here if i wanted to yeah i got the sleep aid right there and a little whiskey a little scotch mm-hmm. yeah my wife's like what are you gonna bring all these bottles downstairs I'm like, your magic well, rock yeah hey i like the lighting i like the ambiance i'm all about setting the tone you know i got a cop <coughs> oh turn your head God. um I'm just blanking on, I feel like there was really something important I was supposed to say today. I'm not going to be here next week. 
We're not okay. doing a podcast next week because we're going, going into my wife is going into labor <laughs> on Labor Day. We're scheduled for delivery of baby number three on Monday. We're gonna have to be at the hospital at six a.m. So there will be an episode dropping next week, and y'all better pay attention because it's gonna be jam packed for old for early season tactics. Okay, and that's all I'm gonna say for right now. I'll tease it out a little bit later or something. I'm not sure. All right. You were telling me about it a little bit last week, and it sounds like a really, really good one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is. Some big some big names with some like really, really granular stuff all in one episode. Granular. Deep dives. What and you just wrote a blog article for it just aired today. Which one? Uh it was your part two of front of center front of center. Front, front of from, center. From a fenner? Front, front of center. center. Front of you, center. You better get the thing out of your mouth. Don't forget your release. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Those will be here tomorrow, by the way. The don't forget your release stickers will be here tomorrow. I'll take some fun photos of them, get them on our website. So for everyone that you is dying for one of those. tattoo that on a place you look regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can. I think we'll see. I might be able to stick it on my riser. Like you had mentioned, I don't know how well it'll fit. On your riser? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just went from uh, six to noon. Uh, yeah, thinking about bow hunting a buck. Last week it took about fifteen minutes for it to get weird. This week we're going right into it. <laughs> <laughs> weird, quick. Derek's here with us again. That's news. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know why he keeps coming back. Happy to be here. Like I just wanted smell. to see what this room turned out. Yeah, I'm gonna head out now. It looks good, guys. <laughs> okay, looks good. And he brought us a nice photo. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yep, we're gonna have to put that up. One big fun, one little fun. Is that what I'm seeing there? Yeah, there was a, a friend of ours, a friend of my wife's that she would worked with. Her parents or her parents' friends had like a deer farm up near uh, Peshigo and we lived up there and they had a batch of fawns that were penned in this cool little farmstead. So they let us come and pet them and play with them. And of course, the wife at her creative side took some cool photos. So sweet. Matted that one up. Thought Eric might need a little. I like it. Yep. A little uh, wall decoration need. So we were just awesome. talking about. So, yeah, because you brought that, I right before you guys got here, I was teeing up an order to get a poster of the OKS Hunter podcast. For those that don't know, it's, you know, you have to upload it in like a one by one ratio. So it's a square, like an Instagram square photo. Sure. But the original design was meant to be like a magazine cover. So it's, I have it in like a poster format. So I thought it'd be kind of neat to get that framed and put in here, like a movie poster kind of. Very cool. Or a magazine. I look really cool. I don't know. Issue number one. Never pass. Never pass. That's kind of what I thought to do there. What other news am I forgetting? I think Bill texted me. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he's going to tell me something important. Oh, no. We're going to try out his app on Friday. Cool. The, you can try out the web one, but we're going to try out the app app mm-hmm. on Friday. Nice. So, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I, I was looking at some of the screenshots. I think it was Bo Martonic that shared some, and they are pretty juicy. Like, it was showing things like um, Hunter Pressure almost which is something that you guys know that I'm really hopped up on, but not so much as like a heat map or whatever, which is what we're building for the new app. But his is like how many hunters hunt this zone. It's compiling all this information, how many bucks were harvested. You can go find this on the DNR. He's grabbing all of this. And then he's weighing against a whole bunch of other factors too. And then there's historical data that's all right at your fingertips, plus a journal, historical weather, and then the predictability piece, which again, I just, no one else has anything remotely close to the power of what this is. There's apps out there that have like parts or little pieces of that. Yeah. But having all at one is pretty yeah. incredible. Even the, you can, if you're left hand, right hand, you can like do some cool trick with your the app to make it so it's on your right really? thumb or your left <laughs> thumb. 
Like little tiny things like that. That's, he did not yeah. miss a single detail. So, this is militant, you know, detail. Yeah. So <clears throat> seeing how you're so you're you're righty, but you're left eye dominant, you could you could work with your left hand. I'm all goofy. I'm all, all messed up. You're ambidextrous. A little bit here you and there. You can switch hit. So you want to talk about breaking down a public piece of property and some early season stuff. I don't think it just pertains to public. I think it pertains Private to any too. piece. Yeah. Any piece where you know you have ag, you know you have some hardwoods, and you know you have a, a nasty place for bedding. Yep. I think it applies everywhere. It's pretty general stuff. I mean, you can go anywhere and find it, but I think it's good stuff to just talk talk to or talk about. Right and off the bat, I think this just came up because uh, our buddy Dave, I was talking to him the other day. He was sending pictures of that buck that he just got mounted. Yeah. And he shot a few years back. I almost think that private land parcels that maybe people have hunted a long time, I think those are the ones that need to be like broken down. Yeah. More than public because I think people just get into a habit, a yeah. ritual on private of like, I don't know why I hunt here. Like my dad always just hunted here and like yep. those spots are the ones that end up getting burned out. So like starting fresh at the, at the drawing board and like breaking down a piece of private, maybe you've hunted your whole life. I almost think that's more beneficial than, yeah. than doing it on a piece you've never been on because people just get set in their ways. We all do. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that because I, I had access to a piece of private for a few years of my life and we even leased the ground after it wasn't free permission anymore. And there were several locations. My dad would, I'm going to hunt the big oak tree. Well, there was two big oak trees, kitty corner on each end of the, of the woods. It was, it was, uh, you know, wooded acreage, maybe 30 acres of it was woods. And then it went agricultural down the hill and it was all swamp with a little bit of, uh, little bit of woods on it, you know, nothing good for trees. It was all basswood or, uh, what's basswood. It's a soft wood. I've not heard you say this term yet. Basswood. I know you're always talking about the tamarack. Yeah. But well, no tamarack on this property. It was cattails. I should do like a, I should do like a, and, uh, you need a tree. Poster. I need a, I need a, I need a sound for, for when Greg says new stuff. Yes. Hunter. Basswood. Yeah, there you go. Term. Okay. Yes. Hunter. Basswood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you done playing with your button there? <laughs> we'll have a vocabulary test on Friday. So <laughs> yes, you're a teacher. You're <laughs> yeah. So you learn stuff on this podcast. Yeah, you do. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> Go on with the basswood. The basswood. <laughs> it's where you catch bass. Very large ones, in fact. No, but chlorophyll. Large mouth yeah, bass chlorophyll. tree. Lots Sorry. Okay, we're yes, done. Very <laughs> Derailing on purpose. You have the fucking tracks. <laughs> Will you shut up? <laughs> no. But like you were saying, we're all saying, people are habitual. They go to that one spot. You know, dad was habitual to three different trees on that property. And yeah, he'd have success in one tree, maybe two, three years in a row. Well, because he kept going back there, you know, either to go and clear branches or whatever. He would hunt there all the time first two sets for dynamite and then after that the deer were coming out later and later and later you knew deer were going through there because after a rain to be fresh tracks but they weren't coming through there during hunting hours so it's real easy to educate the deer and 
and the rut plays such a big part. And I think those storied stands, like the guys might hunt them early. Season. Oh, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. It's probably a horrible early season spot, but because people have shot big, you know, yeah. those bucks might not be there. They might even be getting boogered up yeah. because, you know, they might not even be living there. Right. But then come the rut, yeah, there's certain trees that they're always going to walk by, you know, but uh, I think that kind of gives guys a, a false yeah, a false sense, sense of, of yeah, yeah, a false sense of yeah. This is always a good spot. We well, put the time of year. We put that uh, tell us your own okay hunter without telling us an okay hunter. Yeah, and I, I don't know. We got like several dozen responses to that. I tried to get to all of them. One of them that I grabbed here was uh, been sitting in the same spot opening day for forty years. I mean that there you go. You know, and but there's no shame in that. If no, if it's opening that's totally day, okay. but if it's opening day of gun season and that property hasn't been touched all September, October, and then into November, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, who knows? Maybe that is a great spot. And with a rifle, they can skirt, you know, a certain distance away. And with a rifle, it's it's a no-brainer. Right. It's always a good spot because they're within rifle range. Yep. You guys want to talk to Levi? Put Levi on, that Western duck hunter fella. Hey, Levi, welcome to the OKS Hunter podcast. Uh, what's up? Oh my God. I remember what I was forgetting, by the way, the freaking giveaway. So I'll get that going. Here. <laughs> Shoot. It's priest. What's going on? Levi, you're added to the giveaway oh. list for next month. Snuck <laughs> in. Good job. What's up, buddy? Welcome uh, to the show. How's it going, guys? Oh, you know, it's going good. Dream. Did you do your episode with your daughter yet? That is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Opening okay. Of dove season. That's going to be really cool. Opening. That should be interesting. We'll see what she has to cook up because there's always something interesting coming from her. So <laughs> keep that on. I'm sure there will be a couple. Uh, Dad, that's a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> She's keeping you honest. But yeah, I just wanted to call and say, hey, uh, you know, bow season for us opens up tomorrow. I'm going to be going after my elk. Uh, uh, this weekend and whatnot. So I wanted to give kind of an early before season update and helped, uh, my buddy get his first archery antelope, uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, really? uh, opening weekend of, of antelope for archery. And that was a blast. Like we had probably 25 stocks in just the one day where we were using wow. a, a decoy and reaping them like you do turkeys and it, it oh, wow. was so damn fun that you're pulling some like some white pill adrenaline stuff oh it was it was it was awesome man it was crazy to come in with their horns kind of showing and they'd, they'd come after you like they're gonna kick your ass <laughs> their necks all poofed up and and looking down like they're about to mess something up eh Yep, yep. It, it was a it was a blast, and to get him his first antelope ever with with a bow was pretty fun. And he was he was jacked, and now he's he's flat out hooked. So that's excellent, that, dude. How close did it uh, end up coming in when you guys had that decoy? Um, the closest one was thirty yards, and that's what we shot it at. That's pretty stellar. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Started out at probably probably 200 yards or so is what it started out at. Wow. Two football fields away, huh? Yep. Yep. And then came right in. They're really curious animals. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people like just wear, it looks like a winter hat with ears on it even. And if it's, if it's the right (laughs) color and you can posture just right. And if they're, it's pretty neat how they'll, they'll come in and at least look and see 
if it's something that they want to tangle with or not. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's fun. And like here, probably about like this weekend or next weekend would be like the best time to use that kind of tactic. Cause that's when they're going to be really rutting hard and they don't give a shit. They're coming in. Yeah, there's a bunch of people that are doing the, the Western hunts though. That's like happening like right now. Right. Yep. With this should have been yep, us. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <tomorrow we laughs> Craig's giving me the stink eye. He's like, oh, you. yeah, sorry. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> don't worry. I won't have a baby next yeah. year because that seems physically impossible. So, oh, I, I don't put it past you. Now, the doctor warns against that stuff. You know, like, <laughs> it could get dangerous. So, we follow the rules, but you know, open season is open season, guys. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, January you're gonna, is going to be a dry month for you. We're going to make sure there's no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was at least smart and planned Craig's, buying out for March. Craig's yeah. a real cock blocker. Yeah. Same here, Levi. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so, good to hear from you, man. Anyway, I just wanted to stop in and say hi, hi to you guys and check in before season starts and things get crazy. Well, we'll be sure to keep filling you in via text message and through, uh, through social for sure and what we're doing and what's going on. Yeah, likewise, guys. All right, bud. You have a good one. All right. Take care, bud. Best of luck with the daughter. Bye. Levi with Pulling Feathers Podcast, everybody. Tune into their stuff. Uh, Yeah, if you like waterfall, western hunting, he he does a pretty cool podcast. He's got, I mean, he's even talked to uh, authors about uh, uh, conservation books and things like that, so... Very well. Yeah, he's talked to non-hunters too. He actually talked yep. to like an anti-hunter to get their opinion on stuff. I thought that was yep. a really cool approach. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. I don't know how we would do with that. Not easy to do. <laughs> it's not easy to do. No, let me just talk to you while you hurt my feelings the whole entire time <laughs> and contradict my way of life. Thanks. I don't know if I'd be okay with me. <laughs> it would be no, challenging. It'd be very, it really would be. Yeah. What's, the, what's the whole saying? Blood in your mouth beats what I'm going to say to you or something like that? Like bite your tongue. Yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes blood in the mouth is better than what you're going to say to someone. That's like a better way to say the adult version of saying, if you're not going to say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Save your breath to cool your soup. Well, then why are you going to cool your soup? You're not blowing on it. Because you're holding your breath until you have to cool your soup. So you get one big, you get one big blow. Whatever. I'm trying to track your logic here, big guy. I saw that smirk. You got something boiling up there. (laughs) (laughs) Boiling, huh? Oh, there's a pun right there. Simmering right there. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want some fucking soup. (laughs) Really bad. I'm so hungry. Just drinking scotch Uh, instead. I'm going to get, or bourbon. Uh, I'm just going to get trashed in here. Okay, so that was good. Thanks for the call. Okay, the giveaway I'll do at the end of the episode. So I'm going to make all you guys hang in there all the way to the end, then we'll announce the winner. I got the wheel ready to go. The wheel of fortune. Uh, not like the wheel of fortune. This isn't trademarked, <laughs> but it's, it's better than what I was calling called the wheel of death last time. And Greg said, that's a bad idea. The wheel of okay. Yeah. The okay spinning wheel that never existed. We got a lot of names on that thing from all the calls last month. So if you want to enter to win some swag, call into the show today and every Tuesday, except for next Tuesday, because we're not going to be here. Yes. That's Unless true. these guys want to commandeer the podcast studio, which I don't recommend. I don't know how to work all those buttons. I do. <sighs> yeah. Cause you have one of these at your job now. Mm-hmm. Yep. It could be it could be a party in here. It sure could. I even know the garage code. Yeah. Well, a few people know the garage code. <laughs> I trust a lot of people. We're pretty low key around here. Yeah. <laughs> the short list of people that if my house got robbed, I'd call first. What'd you fucking take, man? <laughs> <laughs> 
drop so, time spirits. Yeah. Drop yeah. If you're, uh, if your fridge in the garage is empty and you see the door is cracked open without the knob still, then you know we're part. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave you a trail. But okay. So you were talking about the basswood and breaking down a property and hunting the same spot for years. But if it's opening day gun, you got some more range. But Derek, yeah. you, you've hunted a couple different states. How many different states? Um, all of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I hunted uh, Ontario with my dad, Kentucky, Illinois, Ontario. That's a different country. That's a different country. That's pretty. Cool. There's an Ontario, Wisconsin, though. I think. Yeah, there is. So this just, one was just clarifying. Okay, I believe. Got it. You know, it took a long time to get there. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It. I mean, some of these trips were a while back. My dad always was trying to look for a cheap, affordable way to get somewhere new and just have some like cool bonding time. So. We, we've done a bunch of that. That was kind of before the whole, you could find anything you wanted on a map on your phone. So right. it was like. More of an know. adventure. You're looking at, you're yeah, the, probably I, the guy in the passenger seat, the kid with the map. Oh yeah. We, we bought like the Michael Waddell real tree Atlas, the, you know, it's yeah. a regular Atlas, but it's camouflage on the border or the cover. So it looked, it looks, like, looks it, pretty big. So was, you're going to get a big buck if you had it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you yeah. Paid but $29.95 for it. I mean. <laughs> South Dakota. Oak Tree Dreams uh, just said they live 20 minutes from Ontario, Wisconsin. LOL. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, we're connecting people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but so, know. what did you learn as a kid that you've applied as a, a grown man yourself, as a dad now? And, you know, what uh, the out of state stuff, we've talked about this before, but even in state, just new property in general, like, what are you doing? I'm like a weird guy, like most people, <laughs> <laughs> like, like to get a spot that's good and then, like, that's where they hunt. Yeah, they keep going. Like, I like have all these good spots. I'm like, I wonder what the next spot is like. Do you yeah. ever get uh, that feeling of you're missing out on a spot, like you chose the wrong one when you have somebody? Oh, I should have hunted that one today. Yes, that uh, would be but, hard. But it's it's kind of fun. Like right now, talking with friends and whatnot. Like I did a lot of scouting over the summer because that's when I have time to scout. Right. Like you build up this big stockpile of spots, and it's like. I do this one first, and then I hunt this one, and then I hunt this one. Like, what's my breakdown of yeah. the season? You know, just which one do about, you hit first? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't know. I I just love finding new spots and checking new stuff out. I think that's probably just goes back from scouting with my dad when I was a kid. And like, sure, you go walking around, and all of a sudden you find like a whole bunch of rubs in a new spot, and you have no idea. Like, oh my god, like what is in that spot? Yeah. And everything I do is pretty much keyed in on. We mentioned it last week, and mm -hmm. we were kind of saying, how do you hunt it? But it's it's always around cover, something thick. Yep. And uh, I was talking with a, a guy who hunts up north with me, and we were joking that, like, during gun season, you pretty much just go sit in the thickest shit you can possibly find, and that's the best spot. And that's what I've done the last two years. I just went into a shithole that's all. <laughs> I just went into a shithole. Yeah. Put that I, on I've a seen shirt. a lot of deer there. And yeah. Like, everybody's well, sitting in the hardwoods, nobody sees shit. And right. Complain. And I'm like, well, they're not in there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have an uncle that was the same way. He's like, you see all that pine ridge, and there's some oak trees, and it's kind of open. Yeah, we're gonna hunt there. No, we're not hunting there. <laughs> if it's you, see that, you see that? You see that tamarack swamp? Everything that sun touches is not ours. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> You're like the reverse Simba. If it's pretty, it's probably not good. It's not good. It's no good <laughs> at see all. See that sheer shadow area? That's where we're hunting. Yeah, right there. Yeah. See, that see spot how that looks like a fucking nightmare? Yeah, that's it. It's us, buddy. That's us right there. We're going in. Oh, we had one place we called Tornado Alley, and it literally looked a windstorm had gone through there. Sheer winds. And knocked a ton of trees down. So there's blowdowns everywhere. But those blowdowns coming, you know, those trees coming down actually allowed the smaller trees to come up. Yep. I mean, it was so thick in there. And 
he put me up on a, a crappy old climbing tree stand and I'm on this, this busted off pine tree. I'm up there with my rifle and I'm probably, I'm probably 16 or 17 years old. You're going to overlook this, but you're going to have to watch really quick because trees were like, I mean, there was spaces in between that were maybe a foot between these trees and they're, they're growing all over the place. You're going to see something and maybe it'll stop in there. Maybe it won't, but you want to make sure you get a clean shot at them. <laughs> right. You could hear them. Yeah. Thumbs up. You could hear them come through like literally 20 minutes before it was closing time. You could hear deer crunching around and you hear them stop and you could hear them breathe and you could just see trees kind of moving and pull the scope up. You might catch a flash of brown. There are deer in there, but you you really pressed to, to get a good shot at them. Okay. It was tough, but hell yeah. But not one guy near me yeah. anywhere. Yep. So. I think it was like an aha moment very similar to that. Yeah. Um, when I was, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16. I was still hunting. I think it was during a week of gun season. This is up north uh, in the National Forest. So I found this big cedar swamp. There's an island in it. I'm like, oh, man, that's the money, you know. And it's, uh -huh. it's nice. It's all that green sphagnum moss. So you can see forever. Yeah. So I spent like four hours just still hunting around, quiet as could be. You're like, oh, man, it's perfect. But you can see like 80 yards, 90 yards. Didn't see a deer. And all of a sudden, I came up on the edge of the – I'm walking down the edge of like where the, the woods meets the cedar swamp. And uh -huh. there was a spot where – just a huge area of blowdown, maybe hundred yards by 150 yards. All the cedar trees are blown over and shit. And I'm like, well, I should get up and see if I can see the outside edge. Never thinking like the blowdowns were like any good. So I'm climbing up on this old cedar branch, trying to look across. All of a sudden I hear something. I'm like, holy shit. I'm looking, looking, looking. Well, like 20 yards in front of me, a buck and a doe. <laughs> bedded right in the middle of that shit. Start jumping. You can see, you know, you see a tail behind blowdowns. Tail. Never got a shot at it, but I was like, I just spent five hours. Quiet as could be walking around that cedar swamp that's open. Nothing. Five seconds in this thick shithole. Yep. There's a buck and a doe. Well, there's been a lot of that storms that have blown yep. through and knocked some Tons. things down. So that the Northwoods gets hammered. Topography with. has changed. Yeah. You know, over the years, we've been hunting the, the same for opening gun. We've been hunting the same area for 10 years. But like trees have fallen back there. Vegetation has grown. Like the dynamics have changed. Mm -hmm. So the guy that said I've been on the same spot over the past 40 years, it, it might be the same physical spot, but it ain't the same spot. You know what I mean? Like things change. Es especially but, if it's left alone and nobody's manicuring it. Yep. It's just doing bet. what nature does. We have another caller, uh, Nico, who is one of our favorites. Well, we don't have favorites. Just like our kids aren't. Hey, Nico, you're live on the show. What's up? What's going on, guys? <laughs> hey. You're getting ready for an out-of-state western hunt i am i am actually currently taking my bow out of the car to do some final uh, uh range tests i changed up my fletchings and i want to make sure everything's still kosher that's a good idea my yeah friend. <laughs> yeah good job would you go with four fletch or did you jump to three fletch I'm shooting four fletch X veins, but I went from the one and a half to the 1.25 inch micros. Okay. And I'm shooting four of them with a, with like a two degree offset. Perfect. Right. So. Are you shooting a four blade broadhead or are you a mechanical? What are you shooting? Uh, yes. I am <laughs> I'm actually going to be shooting the Valkyrie. 
I'll be shooting the Valkyrie uh, 200 grain Jaggers. So that's like their trademark system. Okay. And that's a th- that's a large 200 grain uh, three bladed fixed. But then they also have an expandable that's got the same system, like how the collars and pins and all that. And it's at like 190, 195 grains. And within 50 yards, they hit the same spot. And that's a two-inch expandable with a three, I think it's a three-quarters inch fixed blade on the front. Okay. So a bleeder. So I'm actually taking them both. Okay. They both sound like heat-seeking missiles. Mm-hmm. Those are going to do damage. Yeah. And they're quiet, man. I mean, there's outside of like 30 yards, you all you hear is just the of the bow, barely. That's nice. We were just at uh, Greg. Yeah, were, we were hanging out at uh, Vector Custom Shop, and Derek was there too. We went down there, uh, Lake Geneva area, last week, and hung out with Isaac Smith, and he cooked up some. I guess it wasn't pork shoulder necessarily, but it was a as a pig that he shot in Texas. So first of all, that was really good. But then he was talking about uh, he puts a bow on a machine and fire, 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 fire. And he said with four fletchings versus three, he said at a hundred yards, the grouping is your fist. If you go to three, three fletchings. Okay, he's got a hooter shooter. Yep. He's yeah. Got a hooter shooter. And he said at three, three fletchings. He said, the, there is no group. It's all over the freaking place. He said, now, I can't get it to shoot that good if it was just me. <laughs> but he's like, with this machine, you, he said, the, the, four, the four fletchings is like incredible, um, which makes me feel happy to know that that's what I'm shooting. Right. right. So, right. And I have a Greg at home, so to speak. Oh, yeah, so Greg's sure. going to redo my shit. That, that was the, the joke we made last week. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that made me feel inadequate. <laughs> I did not have a Greg. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> when I set mine up. I don't remember how that all came about, but it was pretty I funny. I did get a few text messages, though, when you were messing around. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so that's cool, man. So you're getting stuff ready to go. Now we're talking about breaking down a different plot of land. Now we're whitetail guys here in the Midwest, but, you know, obviously we just talked to Levi out in Wyoming and he's talking about Western hunts. So curious to hear how you're breaking down a piece of property for how you're going to approach things. High level overview, like how you're breaking down a property to to get on. If you want to talk about out West or if you want to just talk about good old fashioned deer hunting here. Yeah. Cause I kind of approach each one of them completely differently depending on, you know, what I'm doing. If I'm here at home, I try to actually approach every piece of property. Like it's my first year, even if I've hunted it for five years, I approach it like it's my first year hunting because with, with hunter pressure and, you know, rotation of crops, different fields coming in and out of, you know, CRP, it's always changing. So my, my biggest thing is I always look for topography changes or big breaks. So like, uh, let's say they've got a quarter acre of woods that they just mowed everything down in the fall. Well, in the springtime, that's all going to come up as fresh vegetation. It's going to be a lot of good browse. That's going to be a big area I'm going to want to check. Or if we have a, one thing I do, I hunt the Shawnee National Forest a lot. And that's just a big stand of trees. So that could be a little bit daunting. But one good thing to look for in those type of situations is uh, what I call good breaks. So you'll have a massive pine stand 
and at, at, at an elevation you'll see those pines will stop growing and all of a sudden it'll be like hardwoods or you'll have like a bunch of beech nuts and maples and stuff like that and that line where those where all those like uh fir trees and all that change over into hardwoods you're going to get a whole lot of activity right on that line they use stuff like that like a highway sure we got a new term okay as hunter beechwood nuts oh god here we go every time he hears a new tree name he's gonna hit that stupid button <laughs> come on man you gotta remember oh, i am the audience toy. okay i'm the idiot in the room and i'm not saying our audience is idiots but you know i'm trying to learn here so nico we were talking about like uh and parcels that don't get logged or manicured, as Greg had said, like the Shawnee National Forest, I'm sure hasn't been logged in a long time because it's a national forest, so it's probably not been logged. Right. But uh, do you get areas that like yeah, it hasn't been damage? touched in a long time. Yeah, all the national forests are tied up. You know, they're trying to get logging deals. California courts tie whatever. Um, but do you get areas that like natural storms and whatnot, or like you know old dead trees? That's the reason logging is great. But right. uh, you get these old dead trees, and you're, like you're getting them either blown over they're you know uprooting and like you're getting these transitions like you're talking about but like through or you know like almost like weather or emerald ash borer killing off all killing our ash off trees every and lowland trees you have in wisconsin do you have any of that or Ab- not, not so much absolutely so a lot of i'm down south like southern illinois real far and what a lot of it's a lot a lot of the area that i'm hunting has a lot of like sandstone and a lot of clay. And so when we have really hard rain, the edges of uh, any tree line or anything like that, that's, you know, close to the edge. It's washed away. So it's not uncommon to walk out, you know, two weeks after a storm and just see five, six, 700 yards of tree line, just laying on the ground, roots kicked up everything. And usually the year that that happens, it's not worth a nickel, but the year after that, if we're vegetation, the second year after a wildfire, that area is like the goose. Like, we are here, but uh, Greg decided to uh, spill beer on the computer, so it doesn't get much. <laughs> uh. I'm there. about to verify my 60-yard pin, and if this thing's golden, boys, I think we got some killer arrows. Ooh, there you go. Aim okay. high and let it fly. That's right. For those watching live, give me a comment in the comments section if you can hear us now. And there's like a 20-second lag, so. There we go. Okay, thank you, Jake, and thank you, Michael, and thank you, Doug, and everybody else. You guys all have, like, really similar profile colors. <laughs> <laughs> like I just noticed that person. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, I have no fucking clue what we're talking about right now because I got <laughs> real distracted. Nico was dropping some knowledge. On Word. Yeah, you were doing great. I got. Yeah. Some a hole had to open a beer. Some a hole had to kick that a hole. And then you left oh, the door Marcy open. Had it. Yeah. Don't don't shut the door. Don't. I, I'm afraid that if you do anything, <laughs> it's gonna like disrupt the audio and video feed. Go ahead, you can try. I'll just mute you for a second. Greg, the shit show tubs. Hey, Nico. <laughs> Yo. 
do you run a lot of cameras down there in the Shawnee that you were, you were talking about a little bit last week that, you know, you had some that you leave up all year and you don't get any people. Do you run a lot of cameras? Oh, like six to eight in the Shawnee. So usually, usually I'm, like I said, I'm just like scouting for people at that point. Uh, deer movement and big hardwoods like that is really hard to pin down to an exact day. But if you can get bedding down and uh, spend a little bit of time, you know, you'll usually come up on something at that point. But yeah, I'll run like six to eight cameras in the Shawnee. Not, they're not cell cams because you don't have any cell service out there anyway. And I'll just go in once or twice a year, pull cards, change batteries. And that's, that's really about the extent of it. I was going to say, cause I'm, I'm looking at like three, like a three mile hike to Oof. the midpoint from where I park my truck to where I start hunting. So you want to make sure you always flip that camera to the on position before you leave. And you're using good batteries. Oh my Lord. <laughs> and I got SD card in it. I got some Tacticam on sale. They were refurbished like two years ago. Uh-huh. And I put them upside down, and they were at an angle, so I had a lot of pictures of the grass. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like I filled up, like, a 64-gig card in the first, like, three weeks, and then I had no more pictures after that. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah, because I, I went out and put those in, like, mid-June. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, it was... It was Say Tyler, our our co-founder of yeah. OKS Hunter, he like went to check his trail cam. He's like, I found my batteries died in January. <laughs> He's like, Shit. Yeah. and I think he may have ordered the wrong arrows for his setup too. Oh no, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, luckily I got some extra ones at home. Maybe I can cut them down and make them fit for him. Oh my gosh. Well, Nico, dude, thanks for dropping some knowledge. Every time you call in, you always have great stuff to say, and you bring a good perspective because you you do some pretty cool hunting. Uh, I know you've been sending me some messages of your, yeah, your setup and stuff. It's pretty it's pretty cool. I, I have no life, so this is pretty much consists of what I do. <laughs> That's I go to work goes. and I try to kill things with my bow. That's all right. Yeah, and you you have a unique approach where you go kind of like you go off the grid. Like, so when are we not going to hear from you? Cause yeah. once you're out there, you're, you're not talking to anybody. Um, I know when I talked to Jen, he's like, no, hey, Nico's I'm... like not available right now. I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm leaving, uh, this weekend and it'll be like 14 days before, before I'll be back on. So I won't, well, I mean, you guys aren't having the live podcast next week, so that won't come in anything, but the week after that, I still might not be back. So cool. Well, good luck and stay safe and, and have fun. Yeah, yeah go get them, man. Go get them. Well, we got a elk tag, a mule deer tag, and a pronghorn tag. Wow. That and sounds, 14 days to fill them. That so. sounds awesome. That's pretty cool. Right on, guys. Take it easy. Have yeah, fun, hey, man. Best See of luck. Ya. Shoot straight. <laughs> Never pass. Don't forget your release. <laughs> uh alex plue what is up how's it going so we got two calls on this one it's cool to hear other people breaking stuff down also especially people that aren't from here right you know it's nice to get the perspective of well and if you're not breaking things down maybe it's time to start yep you know if 
you want to elevate your game, you have to do some scouting. Bring that you up have to your to mouth a little bit. Break things down. There you go. I brought it up. <laughs> yes. Six <laughs> to nine. down. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be the okayest moment in, in OKS Hunter podcast history. Cracks a beer. Ruins podcast. Spills beer on computer. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take partial blame. Yeah. Wait, you Cheers too. to that. You kicked him in the ass or something? What did it? Well, when he knocked it, he about knocked it over. I gave him a wallop in the he butt did. here, and I, I think I that's got a when he spilled it. So. Like, oh, oh, I thought he did it because he was laughing. I thought, I thought he was like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Well, I think the Mac can handle it. One. What the hell's wrong with him? Yeah, one beer queer over here. Lightweight. Jeez. Jeez. Eric, I got a question for you. Oh, I don't have any answers, but let's see what happens. Yeah, you do. Do you run any trail cameras? I run zero. I run all my cams through this guy. You know, so I got a Greg who runs See, trail cameras. This is what I was thinking about. Be, this this there's is the, the teacher mindset of mm-hmm. me. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, trail cams, yeah, they give you deer data, but I thought of them as like an educational tool and I don't, I don't hear people talk about it too much, but like setting up five trail cameras with the goal of like, who cares about like hunting this year, but like, I'm going to try to get a mature buck in daylight. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you hunting with a trail camera. I'm you kind get of, them in daylight. I'm, I'm kind of doing got that, them, right? Like, yep, yep. Think, I'm kind of doing that right now. I think that's like a so really I'm running big thing. One. I'm running four cameras. Trying to count? No, I'm just thinking. Like, I took some away. I gave someone. I have a friend that doesn't have many cameras. He wants to kind of monitor his property. It's not you. <laughs> So I have one nice drug try. Game. I don't know what brand it is or where it is, but, but I tried to take pictures gave, of squirrels by my bird feeders. I borrowed them out and they're monitoring their property to try and find a buck because it's been several years since they've shot one. Okay. And I don't know if it was me like coming over and talking to them and like making friends with them and our friend. Or, yeah. Well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I should get some more cameras. I'm like, I've got a couple on the shelf you can borrow. They're not the best, but they work. Yep. All right. And knock on wood, they're still working. But he enjoys getting the pictures as much as I like seeing deer, you know? Yeah. So he's getting pictures of deer, and he's like, okay, cool. They're all night pictures. What do I do? I'm like, not much. You can't really know that there's something there. but Yeah, you you know know they're around, but they're not really it's not doing much for you other than telling you they're around at night or they're yeah. around at three in the morning. They're coming to your fields. They're feeding on your crops, but you got to go further than that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to park the gator. You're going to have to park the tractor and keep walking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gator can't be your tree stand. No. I mean, it could be, but it depends on what it's, season you're hunting. It's interesting because tons I, of that, you see tons of that where it's like a field edge, you know, and then guys mm-hmm. saying, oh, they're nocturnal. I'll just I'll have to wait them out till they're not nocturnal. Right, guys. I hate to break this to you, deer are nocturnal animals. Yeah, That's they, what they are. They, they are because be you. Enough. They are because you made them that way. Yeah, you have to get closer. Yeah, so I just laugh when they say, "Oh, we'll just wait till they're you know showing up in daylight." No, just yeah. go freaking get them. Go, go find <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, it's that, time to go find them. Just go get them. It, you're <laughs> also, gonna have to boot them out of beds, you're which in the wrong spot. which we do. <laughs> we boot them out of beds, and then we go well. You learn something and you make it. Yeah, we, we learned about this area where we just kicked them out of. And all right, it's pretty aggressive. It's more aggressive than what you're ever going to do. But you look at it and go, the bed's here. 
We know the prevailing wind does this. The closest food destination food source, be it an oak tree or a crop field, mm-hmm. is over here. I got to put myself between these two places. It oh, sounds just, simple, and, and it probably pretty. It's pretty simple. We just missed a caller, Alex. If you want to call back in, we'll we'll grab you up. If you want to uh, jump back in, we'll bring you on. But to, to your point about the trail cam stuff, I had a good conversation with Cody DeQuisto about this, and given the fact that they sell trail cams, right. is a bit ironic. But he hates them. He doesn't hate his or anything. But he <laughs> trail cams in general, he thinks takes something away from us as hunters and me never having my dad's run them for many years. We ran them in the Nicolay national forest back when they were like brand new pieces of technology. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, cool. We're putting a camera on a tree, whatever. But it was fun to see the pictures. Mm-hmm. Even just seeing nature, I think is cool. Regardless right. of what you're getting. I think just the photos are really fun. No, my but family loves seeing the pictures, even if it's just does and fawns running it's around. It's cool to see. Yeah. What's it's fun there? to see, but it's, is it killing anything? Mm, well, my really. thing is this. So the buck that I shot last year, I've never seen him before. It was a buck. I was excited. I was jacked as right. shit. That's me every time, you know, and, and even with the, you running trail cams and me hunting in your kind of general region that you've right. kind of done a lot of the heavy lifting for, there's a little bit of neatness in that because I'm like, Oh, is that a buck that we've identified? Oh, is it this one? Was it right. that one? So that's kind of cool. But really still for me, I was like, <laughs> it's got horns. I'm shooting it. And I know that called horns. I'm doing that pissy bluff on purpose. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> Uh, you can't eat. So there's something about not running a trail cam that I think keeps the enthusiasm up because back in the day before that they existed, you might see a buck that you never seen before. And that could be the one, right? Oh yeah. Just because you see something bigger on trail cam. Now you're like waiting out for that one. And you're, you're literally, you're passing up on things because you think there's a bigger one to get. So it's grass is greener syndrome, but it seems like it's creating a mental thing for you that might be negative. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yep. So it looks like uh, Alex is back. Let's let's bring Andy's back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Alex, you're live on the show. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yep. Sounds like you're driving. Where are you going? I'm going to get dinner. Ooh, what's for dinner? (laughs) Burger King? Uh, Slotsky's. Schlotzky's Deli. I have not had a Schlotzky's in a Where are you at, man? What state are you in again? Uh, Kansas. Okay. South Central Kansas, down by Wichita. So you've been listening to what we're talking about, breaking down a piece of property. Yeah. and What's your approach, man? Uh, well, scout the shit out of it. <laughs> um, off-season scouting, in-season scouting, and that's even on... Even on my private piece, I got 80 acres of private that I hunt, and I'm on it for my seventh year now, so I don't do as much scouting in season, but I do a ton of it out of season, after season. I go and walk the property and find what I miss, 
and typically I don't miss much anymore, but I, I've got, you guys are talking about getting mature bucks on camera. I have no problem doing that. <laughs> um, it's getting it's, them in front of me during season that I'm the killing starting part. to get better. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's always proving difficult. To the trail cam thing, real quick, uh, some of the comments coming through. Tom DeCray was saying he's got six cell cams out this year. Great to monitor them without disturbing the woods, I would agree. That's what yeah. I'm after. So, like, my goal is to get an arsenal of cell cams and deploy those. But Until the they state cost of Wisconsin money. decides to ban them. Yep. Because I believe Arizona did. Hopefully they don't, but... I don't know. I'm yeah, that'll, that'll, that's my fear once I do start getting cell cams that They'll turn around and ban them. Can you just turn uh, that part off? I don't or have any yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they're not cheap. You right. know, I mean, even like the, well, uh, the the Tacticam reveal is probably the most reasonably priced model out there, but they're hard to get a hold. Yeah, of right Moultrie. Now. Moultrie has one out now for like a hundred bucks, mm. and somebody else just came out with another one, but I have not haven't used them to to know if they're worth a shit or not sure i've heard a couple um, good i've things. heard heard mixed results okay is that the the delta from moultrie or whatever it's called yeah i think it is yeah yeah i've heard a I little bit that's what a little bit of good chatter about about that one i've seen some pictures the night pictures look really good i've heard good and bad i've heard i've seen a couple people on social say I put it out and it doesn't work. <laughs> so who knows if it's a firmware yeah. thing or what it is, or they just yeah. That's right. oftentimes is what it is is the firmware. But for cheap cameras that I've had good results with is uh, a Wild View. They're made by GSM, which is Stealth Cam, but they're like thirty bucks, wow. twenty four bucks, depending on where you get them, for a twelve megapixel camera. That's good deal. And and they work. Um, I've been scattering them out on a public piece. I don't have any out right now, but I used them last year. And I've been scattering them on my private piece to kind of try and figure out where the deer – actually, I've figured out where the buck I'm after is entering the property now. I had an idea, but I didn't have any way of verifying it until I threw some cameras out. Um, I'm actually trying to – center in on one buck this year i'm not sure why but i guess i decided to make it harder on myself <laughs> that'll be a fun mission uh, It'll, it's a fun mission i'm doing the same thing i gave up on it last year and went did something else and uh i shouldn't have so this year i know yeah i'm i know who i'm looking for go ahead sorry no you're good man yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of doing the same thing i'm gonna take a stab at him early because i've got three years of history on them hitting oh, wow. my food plot this on my private familiar. piece yep. from August to like the second week of October. And then they kind of split up and do their own thing. So I'm going to take a stab at them the end of September. And if I don't get him there, I'm just going to hunt and whatever comes along and trips my trigger is going to be it. Uh, there you There's go. Now you're speaking that. my language. Never pass shooter bucks. You bet. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that I passed that buck I'm after. He crossed me three times last year at 25 yards. And I didn't about pull it? the trigger because he broke his right side off at the brow time. Yeah. Let him go another year. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. Right? He's only Battle five scares. or six this year. <laughs> what a brute. Right. Yeah, right. that's an old one. That's a bruiser right there. Yeah, I'm hoping. I I shared him recently on my Instagram. Okay. It'd be my last last post if you guys we'll check it out. Look, we'll but, go look at yeah. it. Yeah. We're all about um, that Instagram. But yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. I use cameras a lot. Not near as much as I used to. I I used to be the guy who just loved getting pictures. Went out there every two weeks. Oh, look at this one. Look at this one. But I've really gotten away with from it now. Um, I try and just put them out and leave them, and then use the data the next season is what I'm trying to do and it's helped me a lot more doing that than checking them every two weeks. I agree with that. You get a lot more real data because you're not altering the area. You're right. seeing how they naturally use it. You got it. No doubt. And then I'm going to try and tie that in with the, the Spartan Forge Intel. That's, that stuff's amazing. Um, I used it all last season. And the only two sits, private and public, I only had two sits I didn't see deer on. And I second-guessed where I was originally going to go sit and went somewhere else. Yeah, I can't – kicked I know myself you, in the ass Yeah, you mentioned it. that uh, on a different call, I think. Did you – did you get uh, – did you win a membership from us or did you get the discount code or – No, I went ahead and picked it up when it was at 20 bucks, So I'm locked in at $20, luckily. Sweet. Yeah, everyone should go lock themselves in at the twenty five percent off because you, then you'll be good. But yeah, but yeah, I, it's yeah. a it's a great app or a great program, and the app that's coming out looks like it's going to be awesome with the mapping and everything on it. Yeah, that's exciting. I I can't wait to see that, and I we're hoping, happy to be a part of it. I'm hoping to dump a few apps along the way. Yep, same. Yeah, the economics I'm, will be in our I favor. am too. Um, I haven't been too happy with the. One of the ones everybody screams about. I'm not. I won't say it, but sure. It's uh, names for property owners have been wrong, and the last three people I've contacted about getting permission on said we don't own that property anymore and haven't for three to four years. Mm. I just noticed my name is so finally on my property. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's me. Yeah, it's about damn time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's been frustrating trying to contact landowners and the people you're contacting don't even own it anymore. Yeah, it's rough. And they don't know who bought it. They don't care anymore. But, yeah, when you sell a house, you don't give a shit. No, you're like, wash your hands. No, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that poor schmuck is, but it ain't me. <laughs> yeah. But. I just wanted to call and talk, man. You guys drink a beer for me. I can't. I can't Cheers, drink buddy. anymore. Doctor gave me bad liver report on my blood panel, so oh shit, I'm not not supposed to be drinking. All right. Well, well, we'll take a you take a sip every now and again, maybe. But you know, we'll we'll definitely cash them for you. Ah, uh, yeah, I probably will. It'll happen. <laughs> At least you're happen honest. Right just in celebration. Hey, Doc, quality of life, motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> it ain't your liver. <laughs> if, if I shoot the deer I'm after, I'll probably have one for sure. You know, the drop time moon, the drop time uh, moonshine is not very alcoholic at all, but very tasty. It's apple based. It's good. You, yeah, you know, I, I've been trying. I need to see if I can find it here local. I don't know if anybody here around me has it yet. I need yeah, to do some looking. Some, of, some of the smaller liquor stores or um, festival. I don't know. If festival just have. launched. Yeah, festival. you can get it online too. Uh, you know, so you can buy it from them also. If you're 21. 
Whichever yeah, I might have to do that. <laughs> yep. We don't have a discount code because alcohol. Uh, that's all I can say. Like, it's, <laughs> right. it's not kosher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of much of a discount on alcohol for anything. No, yeah. not so it's much. It's a different game, but we're happy to share their stuff. I mean, the buck on the bottle is just a beautiful buck. <laughs> I mean, really, in the stance that he's on, too, it's like he's on a mountain. It's just great. All right, well, Alex, thanks for calling into the to the show. Hey, You're entered in for next month's giveaway. So, so. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to tell you the, the new studio looks good. You guys did a great job on that. Thanks, boss. Thanks. And whenever you want to come down to Kansas and hang some sheetrock, I got plenty for you. <laughs> All right. You don't want us doing it, man. Sheet I got to get a second we'll coat of paint on the walls. I can see I can see bald spots right here. We got I got to redo the freaking <laughs> Fire the painter. The painter did a shit job. I did it quick in the dark, basically. Hey, hey, I already gave you the okayest sheetrockers. That's you your did. business. Model. I did see that. And I, I don't did need like another it. business model. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like shut shit down. <laughs> it doesn't have to be great. Just good. Just, Just okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know well, what sheetrock is now. Have a good night. You yes. too, buddy. Yeah, good luck this We'll season. talk to you. Thanks, man. Good luck to you guys. Thank you. Good stuff. I messaged a couple people to, to call in. Uh, I don't know if they'll make it or not, but we can keep chatting because I don't think we dissected the topic completely no we keep getting derailed uh, you know anthony heller uh he's putting his kids to bed so he can't call him but he does the deer vein we did his archery shoot at his mm-hmm. property and i had him on a number of years ago and he bl- broke it down into like here are the five ways that i approach it and sure he, one two three four five and it was really awesome and that a lot sounds... of these guys have their thing yep you know and it all makes sense if you if you listen to what they have to say don't listen to us Listen to him. <laughs> He's like shaking his head. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, guys, I don't want to get. It's all what works for everybody. Like, right. He's like this guy, you know, some guys have a system. We, you talk to Garrett Prawl. Yep. He's like the most analytical thinker. Like you can just see him on his videos, how he processes information. It's wildly different than how I do it. Right. So when I listen to him, I'm like cringing. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I cannot do that. I'm like, a, but that's the beauty of by this. the gut, by the feel, like. That's the beauty of this community is everybody. everybody does something different. And you know what? You can pick and choose and maybe you you take a little bit of Garrett Prawl and you take a little bit of Derek Melkor and you take <laughs> some don't Eric even Clark. Put those in the same yeah. Yeah, my thing and is you just take, take all three of those risks. guys and you kinda okay, I can take some of Eric's and some of Derek's I, and some yep. of Garrett's and we can <laughs> and whoever. figure this all out. Sounds like a weird hillbilly song. I, I'm really hoping Jared. I'm really hoping Jared Norwood calls <laughs> into this one to talk about his approach. I can't even imagine the swamp nut donkey. Yeah, mossy nuts. The swamp donkey. <laughs> like, yeah, he's part of the donkey. The swamp donkey shirt. But my approach is entrepreneurial. Take risks. Get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Like, do do do. Action, action, action. Like that's how I operate in life. So when I go to the deer woods, I'm an impatient mf'er. I'm out there like, I'm just really impatient. So I'm I'm aggressive, uh, not by default, but just not on purpose. I'm just aggressive because I'm really impatient. So when I was watching Dan Infault three years ago or whatever and talking to him, I got to a swamp edge and normally I, that's where I would stop. And I said, fuck that <laughs> onward, <laughs> put it in drive. And I was like, let's go. And I, I marched through that, th- that. And I felt really proud about it. I was like, I'm doing this. This is great. And I found myself in buck bedding. For the first time in my entire hunting career, I understood what the fuck was going on because I took a leap and left my comfort zone 
And that's where the learning happens. And that's in life and in business and in deer hunting. And it's all the same to me. So you start to apply this stuff and it's exciting. So I don't have any tactics. I just have approaches and I have like principles that I live by. We do have a caller that's getting screened right now. I know who it is. <clears throat> Hi, Bill. What are you wearing? Oh, man. Don't say khakis. Uh, I'm in my scouting outfit right now. So. <laughs> What's your scouting outfit? Are you wearing some first light? What does that look like? Well, not what it looks like. What does it feel like? Oh, I mean... no. It, <laughs> I should say it's my uh, it's basketball shorts and a t-shirt. I'm sitting in my truck glassing a uh, soybean field. What, hey, you what you should have told him was, was you're in your skivvies, no t-shirt, you lost your pants, and your boots are somewhere in the muck. And you went from six to noon. You <laughs> <laughs> would have went six to noon. They, for it, sure. does, it does look like, I mean, they are short shorts. In the mil- military, oh. we call them silkies. Yeah, so he and, went six uh, to midnight. And they offend everyone that sees me in them. Are you wearing yeah. your go-fasters? <laughs> go-fasters. That's like Is that shoes. another name for silkies? That's like called tennis shoes in the Marine Corps. I don't know. I don't know if they call them in the Army, but go faster. Oh, yeah, way. yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about that jarhead. Um, <laughs> about that. Oh, shit. Hey, uh, Bill, did you hear our last caller, Alex, uh, was bragging about your your uh, software? I can't call it app just yet. No, because I have, no, I have no data out here, so I'm only calling you. I have like one X right now, so I was planning on listening when I got back, but I wanted to call in. Yeah. So how do you, I, you know, given all the intel that you have, by the way, for those listening, this is, this is Bill Thompson, the founder of Spartan Forge. How are you breaking down a property either with or without your tech? Cause you're a pretty hardcore hunter. Like you think whitetail 24 seven. So I'm curious to hear what that looks like for you. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to be underwhelming here for as much as I, <laughs> for as much as I talk about, you know, the, the data science and all of those things, everybody still has their, like, how can I say it? Their methods that work for them. And until it burns me, I keep using it. And for me, it's like, look for scraping near transition and bedding and wait for that scraping to get like hot or used, whether that's through, you know, scouting through the season or placing a cell cam where I know those historical scrapes are getting used. And then I monitor the, the, the primary winds and I, and I pay attention to when those scrapes are getting worked corresponding with those winds. And then I wait for that right wind and the setup and I, and I move in, you know, when, when I feel like the conditions are right. So it, it sounds simple, I guess, but it's, it's really like the two things that I look for is from a satellite mapping or imagery perspective is tra- vegetative transition that's conducive to movement. And then I will scout those areas looking for, you know, generally scraping, maybe 5% of the time it's rubbing. And then on top of that is where the the does bedding. And then where are the scrapes that are near that bedding? And then recently I've also looked for like scrapes that's near buck bedding, but I'm still focusing on that doe scraping as, 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 as the most. So when I find that scrape or I feel like I found an area where a scrape should be, I'll either make it or I'll, I'll either make that scrape, which for me is just really rudimentary. It's clear some leaves from the ground, make sure there's a licking branch that's, you know, at buck level or slightly above it. And I'll piss on the scrape myself and set a cell camera up over it or an SD card camera 
and, and wait for that the for the usage to hit. And once that happens, I wait for the right wind conditions and I'll, I'll hunt it. And I mean, I'm us- I'm usually successful doing that. Now, mind you, that situation I just, just described, I'll have ten or eleven of those sets set up at any time, and maybe one or two of them will be super productive. And you go ass. Yeah. you're doing it right now. Greg has something to say here. He's looking no, I, funny. No, I just got a wise-ass comment to say. <laughs> Okayest Hunter tip of oh, the week. Oh, let's hear it. Okayest Hunter tip of the week. Okayest Hunter. That's right. A little Bill Thompson's Buckman oh, juice goes a long way. <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys have – I've never heard that in-show uh, comment there. The okay, Can you hit that Okayest Hunter one again? Okayest Hunter. I've been hitting it when I learned something new. Yeah, I think when <laughs> I think when I think when Eric and I first started talking, I told him I thought that was the, one of the best little sound bites in the industry. Do you know how many people hate that sound? Do you remember that, Eric? Best it. or worst? I think I, it's, I it's like either it, or. Yeah. People too. It's funny. People are like I leave the video before that happens because I fucking hate it. And then other people are like uh, you know they'll like throw the window on you like Greg at a gas station. Okay, it's honor. No joke. I, uh, granted, it was a buddy. Yeah, I've known. but if they hate it, they remember it. Yeah, they it's certainly like one of those do. things you hate to love. You're like, it's in your head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Mentos, right? Nobody wants to sing the Mentos song, but everybody knows it. Right. It's like that, that's like that movie, uh, what's that, Inside Out, where they're like, double mint gum, double turn mint gum, or everybody's like, damn it! <laughs> Sometimes we just send this one to fuck with them. <laughs> that's, that's us. We're the okay hunters. So that's with your brain. Hey, Bill, I got a question for you. So you said you got, yeah. you know, you got maybe 10, 11, you, you got a hand, you know, a dozen of these setups. Can you kind of plan which one's going to be the good one? Are these just spread across multiple properties or are you like putting multiple, like say you got a scrape on the north side of a bedding area or like the south side and the east side playing off predominant winds or are you spreading them over multiple properties? Yeah, they're over multiple properties. I would say. So I hunt an area in Western Maryland called Green Ridge State Forest, where it's crazy how many people, I, I mentioned it in another so- podcast, and I've had like four or five guys reach out and been like, you're successful out there? Like, what are you, what, like, can I see some of the deer? <laughs> and they're like, respond. I can't believe those deer are out there. Like, I, I killed a good, like, 145-inch deer there three years ago, and uh, people can't believe that those deer are out there, but they're there. So on that property, that's about 10,000 acres. And I have walked almost all of that property. I can actually name the few places that I need to go to. I have three scrape cameras on that entire 10,000 acres. That gives you street cred, Um, Bill, as the owner of Spartan Forge. Yes. Say that again. I'm sorry. That gives you street cred as the owner of Spartan Forge. Oh, because I spent an inordinate and wasteful amount of time doing scouting on the ground? No. That is <laughs> um, not, that's not wasteful. That goes no. to tell you that in a national forest setting or a big woods setting like that, 10,000 acres, you found three spots that you felt like deer would walk by in daylight. That says a lot right there. Somebody yes. can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- one of them is a doe where I know does are always bedded. And it's right off of a very steep ridge where there's just a tiny bench and there are always doe there. And for about a week during the rut, I will see a ton of bucks there. One of them is an escape area that has a scrape in it where like four or five different, um, I call them escape, escape zones, but really during like rifle opener on like the 21st of November, it's just 
where five areas come together where it's easy for deer to get out. So I'll get in there like 3 a.m. set up. And when most hunters are getting at like four or five, I'll hear deer running past me as they're pushing people out. And then what I'm waiting for is when all of those rifle hunters leave their sets at like 10 a.m., I'll see another large influx of deer that are getting pushed out through that area. Classic. Um, and, and generally what the bucks will do is they'll work a scrape on their way out. That's cool. That's uh, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do a very similar thing when I'm up north and every mature deer I've shot up north has been between 11 and 1. When people are it's, going out to lunch, it pays to stay it's in my there. My first buckshot was sandwich. Eat a buckshot sounds funny, but my first buckshot was lunchtime because that's what had happened. Another hunter pushed a buck, and I was like, I was getting down for lunch. I would have not been there if my dad didn't wait for his pokey ass to give to me. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Uh, hey, Bill, we got another caller behind you. I'm going to get to him because it's uh, one of your pro staffers, uh, Jake Bush. If that's Jake all right with you, Bush. we'll let you go back. To class oh, and- awesome! I, I, tell. Unless you want to stay on, we can we can bring him on with you. When I get back to the house, I'll be listening. All right, right. sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, guys, pleasure. Have a good night. Thanks, bud. See ya. Hey, Jake, uh, you are live on the OK Center podcast. How you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Jake, you're excellent. Your audio is clean. Uh, By the way, before we get into anything, I need to say that I'm running the Latitude Method Two saddle. And your video today just blew my mind. I no, messaged it Greg was yesterday. Well, whatever. I saw it today because you're a, a behinder. Yeah, whatever. And and I was like, holy shit! I just thought that was for like excess rope or something like that. I didn't realize that that was a way to one hand that. So you, guess what? I'm not buying any extra stuff. Okay, as Hunter. Okay, yeah. Okay, thanks, Greg. <laughs> you're welcome. Right anyway, you're talking about the tender. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I didn't. And, and I talked tender, to Alex. Tender. Yeah, that's a good See? point. But I talked to Alex on the regular and, and that was not I was not made aware of that just in general. Like you were it, supposed to watch the video. I watched the videos. You didn't pay. I attention. sat in a tree for 45 <laughs> minutes. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like watching YouTube videos while I'm sitting in a saddle. You or- were fucking the dog. <laughs> What's going on, Jake? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> First timer. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me call in. Cool. You know, we uh we we definitely talk enough on social media, so it's good to hear your voice in person. Yeah, you were hanging out of your saddle in your yeah, in your cabin absolutely. house. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, right inside the house. That's I guess the good part about having a, a log cabin is there's trees all over the place inside the house. So <laughs> that was the works out it. pretty good. That's great. I was like, whoa. Some some guy got a hold of me and he's like, hey, uh. I really don't understand why you'd hang off the back side of that and have, and you know, like have that much visibility for a deer. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm in my house. Like calm, <laughs> calm down, man. Okay. It's Hunter. You just That's what he was. Real aggressive with you those buttons over the shades, here. Close the blinds. They can't even see you. No. <laughs> uh, I had a buddy trying out the method too at my house last weekend. We went fishing in, in the morning on Saturday. He came over afterwards. He wanted to try it out. And he's like, this is good for napping. He's like, this is a knapsack, not a saddle. It's <laughs> like, there we go. So that's my tip of the week. But how are you breaking down? Oh, yeah, uh, it's slick for sure. How, yeah, thank you. And how are you breaking down properties? Like you are, I mean, you moved from New York to Ohio to hunt bucks. Like, how are you breaking down properties? I think I got so that right. So what I do is uh, I, I start on my maps. You know, I'm, I'm, a part of, I'm a part of Spartan Forge now, so that's going to be a big 
part of my arsenal from uh, here forward. But basically, I start on the maps and I locate, like for hill country, I'll locate any leeward ridge that I think has a lot of different uh, aspects to it as far as like different points that jut out and just a lot of topography in general. And I'll mark like, you know, every one of them that I think is going to be pretty good. And I'm kind of more like the bullheaded style where I'll go actually put boots on the ground in all of those spots. So throughout the spring and summer, I'll go shed hunt those areas and then I'll actually summer scout them and mark down like the ones that I just, you know, I found a bunch of hunter sign. I found a bunch of deer sign. I found what I think would be like more of a rut area versus early season area versus late season try to put all those pieces together and formulate a game plan for, uh, for cameras. And then, you know, I'll take, say it's a 10,000 acre section. I'll take my favorite five spots on there and I'll run cameras. I'll glass on the private ag fields nearby. If there's any ag, I'll, uh, glass clear cuts. I'll do whatever I have to do just to basically fine tune what bucks are in the area and then how to make my approach. Derek, I see your gears turning. Oh yeah, I, I uh, Jake, I, uh, I followed you on Instagram and social for a while. First time I ever talking to you, and I gotta say, I just love the stuff that you're doing, and you're finding sheds all year long. Summer pictures, summer scouting, you're you're constantly picking up sheds in your areas. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, I find them pretty much all season, and uh, it's really cool because I know a lot of people that just they find sheds and they they write off those areas for hunting season. Sometimes they're like, ah, you know, deer winter in different areas. And I actually made a post today where I found a shed this spring. You know, I found what I just told you guys about leeward side has a lot of topography. Um, looks like it would, it wouldn't have a lot of pressure. So I went up in there and it was like a shed gold mine. I found like five (laughs) or six sheds within a 200 yard Oak flat, a couple old ones, a couple fresh ones. So I was like, okay, I'll come back and throw some cameras in here. And uh, I did just that. And the two of the sheds that I found are the three and four year old bucks in there this year that are like, I've had them on camera all summer and all coming into late summer now, 10 yards away from where I found both their sheds. So, you know, there's, it depends on your habitat a lot. It depends on hunter pressure. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but a lot of these areas do hold bucks year round. You know, if they're not getting bumped out of there and they have food and cover they don't have to leave. They don't have to migrate to ag. They don't have to do any of that stuff. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. They don't have to, and they don't want to, right? Where you're finding sheds a lot of the time is uh, the places that are their personal sanctuaries. That's where they want to be. And even when other deer, like Northern Wisconsin, where we find a lot of sheds, we do a lot of walking snow depth usually plays a huge role in where we find sheds. Cause if it's a lot of snow early, you know, they head somewhere, cedar swamps, deep stuff. But uh, if, if the snow death isn't wildly, you know, full, you'll have all the does and fawns get out of an area, but those bucks will still sit in their favorite little hidey holes. And you run a camera, just like you said, we did this by 10 years ago, found some really nice sheds in this deep, dark cedar swamp, this little island back there, threw a camera up there. Oh my God. All summer long, there was like three mature bucks, big bucks were up by us. And they did exactly what you said. They lived there all summer. And then in the fall, their sign was all around there is exactly what you just illustrated. Yeah. Once they're comfortable. Exactly. And yeah, 100%. And those deer to me are the most killable because you can pattern them like no other deer, you know, you can get in there in the winter time, you can track them around, you know, turn like your tracker on, on whatever app that you use and you can track those deer 
And then you can overlay that with your summertime scouting, you know, like, Hey, I had a scrape here. I had a licking branch here. I had a rub line here. They're bedded here. And all of those pieces start coming together. And that deer is very killable from what I've seen anyways. Like those are, you know, I've, I've scouted pretty much 90% of Ohio at this point, as far as public land goes. And the deer that I find that are the, a, the biggest, but B like the most killable of the top 10 biggest bucks I find are the ones that are in that area all year round. Do you almost find that it's, and maybe this sounds weird, but like, do you find that some of those older deer who have been in those areas are almost like overconfident betters? Like you can go in there and like, they're like so bulletproof because they've been using that for four years, five years, six years that like you can almost bump them, but they're like, yeah, like this spot's so bulletproof. I'm coming back. Like, do you ever find that or are they boogieing when you, when you put pressure on? So nine times out of 10, what I find is those deer will come back within even a day or two. If it's the same wind I had, I told a story on a podcast a while back where I was uh, summer scouting two years ago and I kept bumping this really nice 10 point off a ridge. And I was actually scouting just a giant at the time. So I would come out and I had to cross over this ridge to get back to my truck and three or four days in a row, I bumped that buck out of his bed in the exact same spot. Mm. And he would run down the ridge and run to the other side and look back at me and I'd glass him. And it was just like the thing that we did every day, <laughs> but I could not get that deer to, to leave that area. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I see that, I see that all the time. You know, the biggest buck I've ever killed, I bumped out of his bed 12 days before se- 12 days before season, 14 days before I killed him. Yeah, I think and, you talked uh, about this. On, yeah, it's, I see it time and time again. I think you talked about this last year with me on Tactic Talk, where we're where to hunt. Uh, another another unveil here. You're going to be debuting on our week, our, our episode next week. We're going to be taking Ooh, some whoop. of those. You're one of the one of the uh, personalities that's going to make that episode. But Zach Farrenball said the same thing. I bumped a buck, came back later the same day, and he was in the bed again. Well, and you I know, got one like, too that we're going to see. So That's interesting. And Bill, Bill just commented too. And he said, I find they come back because they believe the spot worked. So this, that was a myth that, that I didn't really understand until last year where I thought I bumped a buck and I thought, well, that's it. It's game over now. It's done. I blew my chance and come to find out as I learned from some of these other folks like Jake yourself and, and Zach and Bill and so forth that no, they think that that bed worked. They they heard you coming. They ran. They're going to come back to that bed. It was effective for them. So now you have to just kind of take your approach differently, right? And so, go go check that bed out. Like yep, the one I just bumped last weekend. Mm-hmm. I went in that bed, and that thing's been used. And last year I bumped a beer, uh, a, a, a beer, nice, yeah, a beer. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> the beer killer. You can't come from the yeah. couch. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Watch Let's kill this a couple. Shit. <laughs> Hold my deer and watch my beer. No, I but I bumped a deer right out of that that bed, and I mean, I think it was the same deer I'm after. Okay, so we're we're gonna find out because I did I bumped him and then I dropped a camera, so we'll see what happens. Everything that Jake was just mentioning and yeah, I was just thinking just thinking of, about that your exact you? setup. Yeah, you and I have had this conversation uh, since uh, you yeah since you were hunting. I'm so I'm I'm hoping. Uh, let, let's see what's 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 gonna conspire here jake do you follow the msu deer lab page on instagram i do yeah i see a lot of those uh their studies that they're posting that are really cool yeah, there's one post that is recent that they posted of like the winter spring versus summer fall and they compared it to rut and non-rut and you know, this is some of the stuff that i think bill has anyways uh, against multiple deer 
Um, so like buck 20 is just one buck and it's a really great use case or one specific anecdote. But, you know, I think what Bill's building with Spartan Forge is, you know, this on steroids, but it's interesting to see the, the patterns and their movement and, and kind of align that to what you're talking about. If you turn your tracking on and start to capture some of that stuff, and then you have this too, you know, it's just a recipe for success. It sounds like you're on the right, the right track. So Nim, thanks for, for calling into the episode this week or the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. And one more thing too, you know, I had a, a podcast a while back and there was a couple of guys that were newer to the bed hunting thing. And they, uh, they were asking me like, how can I get better at, you know, breaking down a piece of property, finding beds and then figuring out how to hunt those beds or like when a buck's actually there. And, you know, season's approaching a lot of spots. If you think you have deer in that area that maybe you don't want to shoot, you know, maybe you have, let's say five to eight bucks located, but you're like, you know, these, these three, number five through eight, I really don't care about, and I'm not going to target them. You can, you can go in there at any point before season, you know, after season, during season, it doesn't matter without your bow in hand, with your bow in hand, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You can go in and set up like a, like a fake hunt almost, and then try to bump him out of his bed, you know, say, Hey, I know this deer is bedded on this North facing point on this East to West Ridge, go in there and bump him off that bed and glass him. And that's as good as killing one. If you ask me, you know, the Intel you're gaining the experience from that will just help you as well. So just a little tip. That's a great tip because another mature buck, even if that one's killed is going to try to like, they'll eventually resolve to something similar right? The, the terrain features and topography and the vegetation or what have you and the elevation, they'll be like, well, this is a spot that I'm going to be hard to kill in. And they'll lay down there too. Yep. I mean, beds get reused by different bucks, right? Certainly. I mean, just like muskies are taking exactly. the water on a river bend because the, the flowage or whatever, I think bucks are probably similar. Yeah. It, there's a reason. I'm not a muskie fisher though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only know this because I haven't caught muskies. Hey, but it sounded pretty cool. <laughs> it was a great the only muskie I ever caught jumped into my boat. So, Hey, okay. It's muskie fisher. <laughs> so you did catch one. Yeah. It, it caught us. I don't the know. Boat, the boat caught I'll it. I'll tell you what, a muskie jumping in your boat has all the fight left in it. Try to catch that thing with your hands was, did not go well. Well, Jake, I'm sure you're on to a few good ones this season. Best of luck. Let us know how you do. Yeah. We'll be following. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good luck to you as well. Thanks, yeah, have a good night. I think uh, what we'll do here now, we're into this thing an hour and a half. Let's go into our our winner that I promised. <gasps> I got the this. Winner. I'll share the screen. So, da, And da, 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 for those listening, you can hear this live. Careful with the table taps, Eric. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's not, let's not like, I don't want to Hey, as long as you don't pop a beer, you're fine. <laughs> no doubt. Let's see here. Where is it? So it is the... <gasps> <laughs> all right i think those watching can see the screen a little premature greg yeah it's okay it happens and let's give her a spin and see what we got so these are all the people that called in over the last month so every month we'll take a pool of all the calls so when you call in i jot your name down and then i paste it into this and we'll spin the wheel and, and that's how it works so you're gonna win something from okay okay hunter i think you're gonna win a t-shirt i think a beer camp shirt is in order here we go what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Shut the front door. <gasps> Who is it? Oh, oh my God. It was like going to be Ryan from Gears and Beers, and then it wasn't. Ryan. It's Greg Morgan from First Gen Outdoors. He's winning everything. Did he win last no, time? No, he didn't. No, he didn't win the no, saddle. No, he didn't win the saddle. Sorry. 
Greg, congratulations. <laughs> Greg's like, you share my name? You. <laughs> Greg's jealous of the other Greg. Greg Morgan. <laughs> with that's fine. First Gen Outdoors, it's you okay. just want a it's beer okay. cam shirt. That's what, you're, that's what you're getting uh, for this deer season. We <laughs> wish that it gives you the best of luck this season. Yeah. Folks, keep calling into the show. And this is this is this makes it fun for us, right? Yeah, it, we love yeah. hearing from you. I mean, we love it when our train gets derailed. So the more you call, the more we derail. We That's have to right. derail ourselves, otherwise we're pretty good at it now. We, we are good at we it. We like the caller derail. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Ryan's watching. Goes laugh about Greg's a worthy winner. <laughs> but it was like I thought it was going to land on Ryan. I was excited for him because. Deers and Beers deserves a beer camp shirt. Yeah, they certainly do. I guess they're going to have to pay for it like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, guys. I don't. Somebody's got to fund the beers. Yeah. Um, hey, they're part, they're part of the show. So they are. I, I think they're, they did our cheers this week. Honorary mention, we need to facilitate this request of a beer camp shirt to Deers and Beers. All right. Two right. of them. Sounds like a proper fit. I, I, it does. <laughs> a proper fit. The sure fits great. They're just going to spill beer on it. No, <laughs> it's no he's going to wear it when he's shooting at the paper plate to see who's going to shoot That's the right. big buck. That's right. Ryan, he said, Ryan you, said buddy. that Greg owes him a beer now. <laughs> Not Well, maybe it's you. Maybe it's the other Greg, the one that won. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll mention my last name if it's me. There we go. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, I'm send you one more. Okay, it's Hunter. Okay. Oh, Y'all are okay. We appreciate everybody that tunes in. Go ahead. Absolutely. Buy, you know, I, I'm going to do the shameless plug bullshit. Sh- send us a freaking rating and review on iTunes if you if you get a chance. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, we're only four four episodes in to the season to this brand to this uh, brand. I think this is number five, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know how to count, so yeah, <laughs> don't count on me. We know. I mean, you don't even take your boots off anymore, which is probably a good thing. Boots and wear boots. Crocs, gum leaves, Crocs, dad shoes. shoes. I don't go know. Go fast. <laughs> you're wearing. Yeah, are those are those white New Balances? <laughs> they used to be. You are an old white guy. <laughs> Shit. All right, those guys. Those are the five hundred fours. Yeah. Hey everybody. <laughs> don't forget your release. Never pass. And uh, I don't know whatever else we say. Don't forget your release. Yeah. Drink beer and talk smart. There we go. Adios. Right. See ya. Hey, check out Deers and Beers on Instagram. They're good buddies of ours, and they are doing the shout-out. What's going on, y'all? We want to give a shout-out to the 1% of listeners from Forked River, New Jersey. Keep stacking them. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Again, uh, the number of calls that have been coming in since we did the OKS Hunter podcast launch has just been fantastic, so... Hopefully, the, a little bit of instigation for some free swag helps, but really, I think the value is not in the swag at all, and it's in the collective community here that we've been working on building and hearing from everybody else. On this episode, is a great exemplar of just how the everyday, common, average Joe hunter that you know no one else really knows, there isn't some big personality or so forth, has a ton of value that they can bring to the table to share with others, and not to discredit those that are. Uh, known like Jake Bush as an example coming on the show and calling in too. Like we have a really wide spectrum of folks that we get to hear from by having a public facing phone number and going live every single week where we can talk to you guys. And I just love it. I think it's fantastic. So, you know, honestly a rating and review would be fantastic. That's a good show of, uh, you know, how we're doing. It's a good way for us to measure and gauge. Are we really doing what we're doing? You know, our mission is to end buck shaming and deer shaming and have a good time to get back to our roots Hence the 70s theme, a time before social and all that stuff. Uh, but but also, 
to create a radio show to tap into everybody and everything that they have to offer and, and build community and bring that deer camp feeling in and, and have that camaraderie. So uh, a lot packed into this podcast. I, I'm reluctant to even call it a podcast anymore. I actually think this is more of a radio show. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to make it feel that way as, as best we can as we learn and grow and navigate this whole thing. But honestly, we're having a good time, a ton of fun. I think we're sharing some good memories, some good stories, some good tips and tricks and tactics and having some good laughs. So if you enjoy the show, let us know what you think about it. We appreciate it a whole bunch. I'll be out next week. So no live broadcast, and uh, but there will be a podcast. I think it'll be very valuable and meaningful. There's a lot of great kind of like how-tos and some really great learning tips for early seasons specifically some from some big names in the space that I think are getting it done. But I never want to discredit the value of the everyday hunter. The folks that don't have social media that, you know, no one's ever heard of are killing just as big a deer as anybody else in some cases. They're just not out there, you know, showing it off or anything like that. So there's a lot to learn from everybody. Everyone's got something that works for them. And uh, we hope you learned something from the podcast. <clears throat> I guess that's my two cents. Studio's coming along. We still got to put baseboards in, a ceiling, lights, uh, and a doorknob. <laughs> but it's coming along, and uh, it's been a ton of fun to kind of get this thing built. The barnwood wall looks great. I got to get a TV up and... I just checked with, with the taxidermist and my buck should be ready by the end of September. So excited to get that on the wall. Just a lot of cool stuff going on. We appreciate all of your support. The the Don't forget your release stickers are, are probably dropping this week still. We expect the stickers to arrive tomorrow. And then we got a little bit of work to do to get them onto the site. So uh, hopefully those will perform well. And really, actually, help people not forget the release. We kind of made that for ourselves selfishly. And we're like, we should probably make that into a sticker. So anyway. Have a great night, a great week, a great day, a great morning, whenever the hell you're listening to this, whatever it is you're doing, if you're driving, uh, working out, biking, cycling, those are two of the same things, walking, walking your dog, scouting, tag us in your posts. We like to see that stuff, but it helps know that actual people listen to this stuff. And we could tell our wives that people actually listen to this stuff. So, all right, see you guys.